Luke chapter 10, and we're going to start reading at verse number 38 this morning, verses 38 through 42. And uh, take a look here at the word of the Lord. This is, I'm sure for many, a very familiar story and a passage of scripture in the word of God. But we're going to take a look at this this morning. I can't seem to escape it. It is here upon our hearts, I believe, for a reason and a purpose that heaven knows about. Amen. Luke chapter 10. When you come to your place there, can we stand together one more time for the reading of the Word of God? Hallelujah. You know, there are times that your heart is burdened in regards to a particular thought, word, direction that you believe that God would want you to speak But sometimes, Brother Roderick, we may not know all the reasons why God would have us to share something in particular. And I'm going to be very honest with you this morning. I feel that way about this message. Uh, This has been uh, setting in the uh, reservoir for a little while. Amen. There are times that God will just say something to you. And you can even begin to piece that together. And then God says, all right, put it on the shelf. Amen. And you put it on the shelf for a little while and it marinates there. It sets there. And, uh, and uh, this is the, thus the plight of this message this morning. Uh, what I'm going to preach on today, you've heard me say it in comments at different times, and that just is, just makes me aware of the fact, and you'll probably be aware of the fact, it's because it's something the Lord's been rolling around in my heart. But I don't know this morning who this is for. There's times I'd love just to come in here and we preach something. We get so happy, we shout and run in the aisles. And, and uh, we just, uh, we just uh, oh boy, I mean, it's just, uh, we're living on a high. Uh, but there are some things that I think sometimes God specifically, He is wanting to speak something today, amen, to our hearts. And so Luke 10 and 38, if you're there with me, can we uh, say amen? The Bible says, now it came to pass... As they went, that he entered into a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving. And came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered her and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Amen. There's a lot that I would like to delve into this morning out of this passage. And with, for the sake of a title this morning, <clears throat> there are some things that stand out to me about Martha and also about Mary. But it seems to me that if I could, if I could put something on Martha, if I could uh, say something that when I look at Martha, I see something 
in Jacob. When I look at Martha, maybe even this definition about her, you might see something within yourself. And I'd just like to preach this morning on the thought, the struggle with stillness. Amen. The struggle with stillness. The struggle. Why do we have a struggle with being still? Why do we have a struggle with being still? This morning, that's what I believe the Lord liked to deal with our hearts about. Can we pray? Father, I thank you once again for your goodness, your mercy. I thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray today as we are here and there are many things, there is only need of one thing. While there are many things that we are careful and troubled about, we have need of one. And Father, I pray today, convict our hearts and draw us near. Place us at the feet of the Savior. Help us, Lord, that everything else fades into the background. You have told us, let tomorrow worry about itself. It's got its own things sufficiently to worry about. But Lord, I pray today, right now in your presence, let us find ourselves still. Let us find ourselves receiving strength in the stillness and we thank you for it Lord and we ask it in Jesus name amen and amen you can be seated this morning the struggle with stillness amen you know I will tell you right now I believe that our children sometimes get a bad rap I'll say it again our children get a bad rap amen because we have, and we early on, and please understand, I'm also I uh, minister in the realm of education, and so around children all the time, and I understand the need for a child to get themselves calm, to get themselves still, to where they are in a place to pay attention. But have you ever noticed as to where we are so very quick to remind our children scold our children get on to our children amen in order for them to get a place that they are still don't do that don't touch that don't say that be quiet stand over here sit down over there amen put your hands here don't put your feet on that don't touch this Come on here, I'm exhausted just thinking about it, and so are you. Some of you this morning are saying, Brother Jacob, I have said those things a hundred times before I ever got to church today. Amen. Oh, we are oftentimes finding ourselves to where we are looking at those little ones, and we are on them, and we are wanting them to get still. We want them to be still so that way their motion does not affect our momentum, where trying to get things done and when you're doing too much over here we want their stillness to show the respect necessary in the places where those uh, that place that respect is needed we want them to be still in order for us for them to pay attention or maybe it's for our own sanity so that we can stop and think for a moment amen you parents are quiet but you know I'm preaching to you this morning amen these are reasons as to why we will get on to our children and we want them to be still but I find it a little bit 
ironic. I find it a little bit uh, contradictory and maybe even a little bit controversial because we are often telling others, uh, those younger ones, about being still, uh, about being quiet. Uh, why do you fidget the way that you do? And now they've got all kinds of things. They got things now that we never, we never had. Amen. <laughs> they got things. They call them fidget spinners, and they got fidget cubes, and that kids can push on and squeeze on when they have problems with their attention. And I know that there is a, there is very real diagnoses of attention deficit disorders, and not being able to sit still for very long, and losing concentration, and things of that nature. As a matter of fact, more so now than any other generation. We have many children that by way of medicines and things to try to control, amen, to try to steal them, to try to get them in a place where they're more quiet, able to concentrate on the task that is at hand. And yet we go through all of these measures and methods to get these younger ones to be still and to listen. And isn't it interesting that the ones that are often preaching to them, we are the ones that have some of the greatest struggles ever with being still. We are the ones who are so busy about. We are the ones that have so many irons in the fire. We are the ones that have so much going and so many things pulling for our time and for our attention. Can I tell you this morning, church, that there is much that we are busy about. I don't know all the details of your business. You don't know all the details of mine. However, I think it's safe to say that though they might vary in degree, they might vary in responsibilities, we can all find the common denominator that you begin to interview any person in this house about last week or the week that's coming up. You will find that one of our favorite words to use is that I am busy. I'm busy. I've got things to do, places to go, people to see. And I understand there's responsibility. I understand there are things that need to be tended to. But this morning, can I just challenge us? I believe the Lord would want to do this. And like I said, I don't know exactly specifically why the Lord is directing this. But maybe there are some right now. The Holy Ghost has already began to deal with that heart. Maybe right now some things that are going to be said this morning will bring a revelation, maybe a challenge, maybe to cause us to take a look at some things a little bit differently. We find here that oftentimes we pride ourselves in the fact that we thrive in a busy schedule. We love business and activity. We have come to the point that we are happy in our hustle. We have gusto for what we call the grind. Amen. And yet, in the midst of burning the candle at both ends, in the midst of exhaustion, that not only affects us physically, but it affects us mentally. It affects us emotionally.
emotionally and most definitely affects us spiritually. We are in the place that though we've got all these things going, we will get up to do it all again. Sometimes we boast about how little sleep we need in order to run as many hours as we can. Sometimes we boast about the multitasking. If you look in the eyes of the world, it's glorified. The world is always looking for a way to put something else in your hand, another way to manage your time, another way for you to distribute and spread yourself out amongst various things. But I will say this, and this is just practical common sense speaking, is that what you give yourself to, what you give yourself wholeheartedly to, if you're stretched out over several things, there is then something that is going without attention. When you're given your time, effort, and energy somewhere else, I can assure you, whether you mean for it to or not, something else is lacking. And this morning, I think it's important that we look and say and look and see spiritually speaking are there things that are lacking because we have put ourselves in so many places. The first thing that I would like to challenge you with this morning through the Word of God is first of all, we are enamored with the perception of busyness. Busyness oftentimes makes us feel important. Amen. Business because I've got this one depending upon me. I've got that one depending upon me. I've got this thing to do and I've got that thing to do. Well, Brother Jacob, I understand what you're saying, but there's also a part of me. I've got some days I'd love just to throw it all away and not have to worry about it at all. And we know that's not the answer, but sometimes we carry it as a badge of honor. The perception that people look at us and they know that we are busy people and that must mean that we are important it must mean that we are depended upon it must mean that we have so much going look at how effective they are look at how look at how they're uh, how many people need them and want them all of those types of things I believe that here with Martha that one of the things that she just demonstrates is she has had the perception that her business was equating effectiveness. That her business was was equating what was important. Now don't get me wrong. Martha was not doing anything wrong. She was not involved in deceitful business. She was not involved in things that were immoral. She was not doing something that would disgust the Lord. She was there serving that household here she was the pride of being a good hostess she took the Bible says Jesus in I'm sure the Bible does not designate it here in this particular gospel but normally where Jesus was there was 12 other hungry men with him amen there was others that were there and as she opened her home we understand to know that Martha and Mary and their
their brother Lazarus, they were special to Jesus. They had a friendship with him. There was that sense of openness and camaraderie, if you will. Come on into the house. And there she was. And I can imagine, just like some of you ladies often do, if you're going to have somebody over, if you're going to get, if you're going to do whatever I can see, because I know how it is at my house when something like that is going to take place. Amen. Let's be sure we're going to have the table set. Let's be sure we're going to get this. We're going to time the preparation of the meal, making sure everything's ready before everybody comes in. We don't want them waiting on us. We can wait on them, but we don't want them waiting on us. Have the floors been swept? Has the carpet been cleaned? Are the restrooms in proper order in case somebody? Is that that room down the hall? Is that bed made? Well, nobody's going to go down there, sweetheart. You never know somebody gets lost and walks into that room. I don't want them walking in and the bed's unmade down there. Come on here. Oh, busy, busy, good things, but busy things, looking, taking pride. I can see, as Martha, I can see her, Sister Haley. She was the list. She had her list. She had her points. She was going over with Mary before they ever got started. All right, Mary, I'm going to do this. You're going to do that. I'm going to do this, and you're going to take care of this. About this time, we're going to do this. And Mary's over there. Martha's already starting to get a little bit frustrated because before they ever get there Mary's head's up in the clouds and all she can think about is Jesus is coming to the house all she can think about is the savior the sea walker the blind man healer he's coming to our house I wonder what he's going to say I wonder what he's going to do where one had anticipation of all the things that had to be done there was another with an expectation of who was going to be in her presence of who was going to be in that house and so we get to the point in the place that our busyness and the perception of effectiveness and importance and all that needs to get done we find it follows us it follows us even into the house of worship while we're here you're going over your grocery list Some of you could tell me what you've already decided on for lunch. Who you've done thought is going to be least busy. Come on here. Some of you have already said in your mind you've got your reasons why you are too busy to come to tonight's service. Preach on, preacher, okay. Some of us, you've already, you've got your week mapped out. You've got all of this, and you've been thinking that and planning that, and you've been clapping your hands and raising your hands and singing songs. You was up here laying your hands on somebody, praying for them. Jesus, help them in healing. Touch Sister Mary. Oh, and i got to pick up the lettuce and the tomato, and I've got... You know I'm telling the truth. You know I'm telling the truth. Come on here. Oh, just the randomness, the inability to focus. We have the perception. Oh, but Lord, I'm so busy. Lord, I've got so much going on. I wonder how long Brother Jacob's going to preach. I'm going to tell you what my cousin told me today. I've got to pick at him. I'm going to pick at him a little bit. Aaron Ray told me he just got a new grill, Brother Roderick, a new smoker. 
And he, he saw me. I was shaking hands back there. And he said, I need, he said, be sure you got a lemon drop and not a button in your mouth this morning. You know, how a lemon drop dissolves. That's the old way the preacher could tell. It's time to hush it up when that mint dissolved, Brother Pickens. But some preachers, they suck on buttons, and those buttons don't dissolve. Come on. And there's always, I'm about to close. I'm going to close. And you know that means there's another 45 minutes. Come on, somebody. And Aaron, he, of course, he was teasing. He was teasing me. But, uh, but he said he got him a rack of ribs. On that, come on, somebody. There's some we come in. And we've got all of this. We're thinking about all these things. And we're wondering, I wonder, is it four songs today or five? Is Haley going to stop and preach and talk to us? Or is she going to just go on and sing? Because if she does that, it takes up too much time. I wonder, boy, I hope Brother Jacob don't call people up there to pray. Because if you know, if so-and-so gets up there and prays, it's just all going to break loose. And then we just all standing around while there's three or four up there shouting and having a Holy Ghost time. Oh, is anybody hear what I'm saying? Be careful about being worried about too much business. Be careful about coming into God's house and the presence of the Lord and the King of Kings is here and we've got other agendas and we've got other things. I'm telling you, we're dealing with eternity. We got people lost. We got people need saved. We got people need a touch from God. Don't get so enamored with your busyness. Come on here. We're worried about our structure. We're worried about our points. We're worried about our programs. And I believe with all of my heart, if you don't know me by now, decency and order. But there has to be a whole lot of room for God to move. I'll throw that schedule out the door. I don't care if we take off and last. Come on, somebody. There's some of you get nervous. They haven't passed around the plate yet. There's some, uh oh, he didn't take up prayer request. Hang on. They only sang two songs today. What's that mean? You're looking at your name. Uh oh, I hear, I hear Brother Pickens up there. He's got a shout. To, oh, what's that going to mean? Uh oh, uh oh, over here's this one. This one over here. Watch out, Brother Eddie's looking like he's going to take off. Uh oh, what's going to happen? Can I tell somebody this morning? We are busy with a lot of things, but when the rubber meets the road, there's one thing that we have need of we need God to move we need God to come in this house by his presence and his power to transform hearts and lives so God forgive me and may God forgive you when we are so busy or too busy for our own good come on here help us Oh, because we've reached a point in a place as to where we're trying to fit it all in. We want God to fit in a box within an hour. Come on here. But you don't mind if those Astros go into extra innings. Come on here. Oh, yeah, bless God, I bought them tickets. Get me another hot dog. Get me another nacho. Come on here. Oh, I'm getting my money. There's a grin comes on your face when they're in the 12th inning. Woo, glory be. I'm stealing money from the Astros tonight. (laughs) 
Come on, you know I'm preaching right. We in the church have embraced our sound song and sermon, our points, and yet we get nervous and we struggle with stillness. In the quiet, we get concerned. And in the waiting, we get worried. Oh, oh. Because you see, here's the thing. I hate to bust all of our bubbles. I include myself in this. Because we can get so busy with so much and there's so much noise and so much chaos going on. I know we curse it on one side of our breath, but we embrace it with the other. We get to a place as to where there's so much going on. And we will say things like, I don't have time to think. And the truth of the matter is, is that sometimes we struggle with stillness is because we don't want to have to stop and think. We don't want it too quiet to where God has the opportunity to say something to us. How do you know this, Brother Jacob? Because it even happens in our prayer life. We come in and we will spend a whole lot of time telling God about everything we need. Come on here. God, I need you to answer this prayer. And this kid's going crazy. And I need this much money before the month's over. And can you open the door for that job? And can you do this thing here? And can you do that thing there? And we're doing all of this. And we're saying all of those things. And we even get into the routine of what we're saying. And the whole time, because he is a gentleman, he stands and he listens. And he listens and he waits. And he listens and he waits some more. But then, Sister Haley, we often wrap it up with a bow and say, thank you. Lord I love you Lord and then we head out for everything else we're going to do well brother Jacob what does that mean what if we came into this prayer meeting on a Monday night and there was no voices going on you would think something was wrong what if we just quit talking for a while and we just got still oh but brother Jacob the perception would be we're being lazy the perception would be we're not we're not pray, praying the perception would be we're not worshiping come on somebody there are some that by the time the service gets still and God is wanting to speak you're so worked up and you can hardly stand it. You're looking for a reason to exit the door I want to double dog somebody here this morning I dare you. I dare you just to take a moment. I dare you to stay to the end of the service I dare you to stay I dare you to take a few steps out and come to the altar. You'd say well it's just the same old folks up there. Well well, then why don't you change the scenery? Why don't you come and join us? Why don't you come and pray? Why don't you come and seek the Lord? Oh, but wait a second. That means I've got to get, that means I've got to respond. I've got to decide something in the stillness. You've heard me say many times, when a service makes a shift like that, I'll say, don't worry, the Holy Ghost isn't nervous. Because I'm trying to remind you, though you might feel nervous, he's not. Why don't you in those moments listen to him? Just listen to what he's going to say. I want you to understand our perceptions. We sometimes treat God, his house, his presence like a revolving door. We're in and out like a drive through car wash. Come on. We're gone. The old church knew about this term to tarry. Good things always happened from tearing. 
We often wonder why we have a generation that where we see least the least amount of our Pentecostal constituents who really don't have a Pentecostal experience. They are not filled with the Holy Ghost because they don't like to have to get up and tarry. Coming up in the church, Brother Marvin, I remember as a kid being in those altars seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. My clothes, my head, I drenched with sweat. I was a teenager, my knees would be swelling. I'd be standing up there for hours, for hours, because I'm not bragging over the amount of time seeking, but what I was seeking after, I wanted it. I wanted the baptism. I wanted God. I wanted the fullness of who He is. And today, that we struggle with stillness because you could take it or leave it. You won't tarry for an answer, but we'll tarry for a Black Friday. We'll tarry for our favorite restaurant. We'll tarry. We ain't got problems. I know it don't have the appeal it used to. Used to, Apple would put out a new phone, a new pair of earphones, whatever. You'd look at an Apple store, there'd be a line a mile long. I was over, I was over in, uh, where was I at? I was in Texas somewhere. Anyway, there was a great big mall wherever I was at. And we stopped there, Brother Danny. We was going in looking for something. And when I came around the corner, there was a line, I kid you not, a couple of miles long. And I'm thinking, man, I wonder, is there a celebrity here, a sport, an athlete? What's going on? And so I'm going, I'm I'm passing line. I'm kind of looking at everybody standing in line. And I'm walking and I'm going. And I get up and I see the front of the line and what they're waiting for. And I have no idea what this is. It's some kind of cartoon, some kind of toy, I don't know. But it, there was a little food type trailer, but it was a Hello Kitty dessert lollipop something. And I looked at that, Sister Carrie, and I looked at all them people. And I looked at that, and I mean, they're in there, and I mean, those guys, cha-ching, cha-ching, they racking up. Brother Chris, I mean, they making money hand over fist. And everybody and their brother standing in line for whatever Hello Kitty is. Some kind, and they were selling some kind of lollipop, some kind of special edition, whatever. Miles. I mean, just people standing there waiting. And the thought came to me, Brother Roderick, what would happen if one more time that God's people got in a place and position that we were willing? You see, we don't mind to be still for the stuff that we want. But the things with God, when He gets us still, like I said, we get nervous. And when it gets quiet, we get concerned because we don't necessarily know what God's up to and what is God going to reveal and what is God going to say. Oh, come on, somebody. When we look at this, understand that our perceptions, we deem what is important. We deem what is effective. I want you to know today, we need one more time to wait. And be still. Martha was busy. No doubt about it. Notice this. I want to try to help somebody today. When you are accustomed to being so busy. You are frustrated with others lack of participation. Martha. I just choose to believe this is my imagination. 
I choose to believe we got two sisters working right here. Now, in my mind's eye, I imagine Martha was the older and Mary was the younger. Martha organized. Martha willing to get in there and get it done. Mary, she was a party looking for a place to happen. <laughs> what I'm saying is not at all, this, this is not true or real. I will let you two decipher. She says it's pretty spot on. And I imagine in the beginning, because Mary understood the importance of what Martha was saying, that in the beginning, Mary was in there. She was in there, and she was pulling the rolls out of the oven. And she was helping over here and over there. But see, while Martha was staying on task, Mary kept looking in the living room. Come on. Mary kept on peeking around. Oh, what, what is he saying? And can you see Martha with me? Hey, focus. Focus. That's burning over there. That's burning over there. Pay attention, girl. And she, she's getting back to it. And then she goes in, okay, now, Mary, I need you to take this in there. The disciples and to Jesus, take this in there. These are the hors d'oeuvres. And this is what we're going to start the meal with. And so Mary goes in, and Mary's there. And can you see Mary? She's smiling. She's smiling at everybody. And she sits it down. They all say, thank you, Mary. And then Jesus, he's still talking. And Jesus is still teaching. Nobody's really reaching for the hors d'oeuvres yet. And they're in there. And then all of a sudden, Mary can't help it. She finds herself. And she finds herself a spot. She sees an empty spot. I know there's a bunch of old grizzly men in the room. But she sits out, and she finds a spot. Because she's enamored. Amen. With the one who's speaking. Something that's being said to her. is more important than what's going on. In that kitchen. Come on here. Something that's going on. And being said in the moment. Is more important than all the other things. I want to tell somebody. This morning. Is that there are some of you. That are like Martha. You are frustrated. You're aggravated. Because you look around. And not everybody's as busy as me. Not everybody's doing what I'm doing. Not everybody's serving like I'm serving. Lord, can't you see? She's left me on her own. Can I tell somebody in this house? You don't got to carry that frustration. That is a tactic of the enemy to get you so overwhelmed and get you so frustrated and get your mind off of what God's trying to do. Listen, she said this. She said, she has left me to serve alone. She spiritualized her busyness. Oh, Victory Temple would fall apart without me. I'm too busy serving. I'm busy. And we look around and we say, oh, I can't believe old Chad. He's just sitting over there. Look at him. He's just soaking it all in. Good for him. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm glad he's got it. But here I am. Here I am. I'm doing this. And here I am doing that. And listen to this. You're secretly frustrated. And guess what happens? You're secretly bitter. Against that brother or sister. Come on here. Because they don't do what I do. They don't carry the weight like I carry the weight. They don't do this and they don't do that. I want you to listen. The Bible says that while she was there, she went to the Lord because somewhere in the hustle, somewhere in the grind, she lost Mary. Yeah. 
frustration with others, lack of participation. Listen to this. If your focus is always on what others are not doing, then you have robbed yourself of the real blessing of what you are doing. If you are always focused on what others are not doing, you will rob yourself of the very blessings and the reasons of what God has you doing. Do it because you love Him. You want to help your pastor? Then, then ask to do something because you love him. Because you know what? If you do it for that reason, I ain't got to hunt you down every week. And find out where you're at or how come you can't be there. How come you quit? Come on. Uh-oh, it's quiet. Uh-oh, it's still. Let God speak to you. Come on here. When we realize, come on. That you're going to do it because of Him. That you're going to do it because you love Him. Because see what happens is like I said our perception gets all skewed. And then we get frustrated because of people's lack of participation. I want to say this. There are some people that you're in the season of serving. While there are others that are in the season of waiting. Understand this. Not everybody is built like you or is like you. And there are some people quit trying to hurry them along because they need to be at his feet. I'm proud of you that you've matured. I'm proud of you that you've grown. But don't you dare get a self-righteous attitude. Don't you dare get to that point in place where you want to rough everybody else up because they're not on the same level as you. There are some because, listen, there was a time you was there. There was a time, or should I say this, that you should have been there. But a time and remembering of why we're doing what we're doing and grace for those that are in that place. And Brother Jake, you know what? I'd participate more in an altar service as it wasn't the same old 15 people every time. I just, that concerns me. I don't understand that. Why is it always that way? Why is it always that person? I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't care who it is, and I'm not picking on anybody. If it's Brother Eli, if it's Aaron, if it's Michael and Amber, if it's Udy, if it's Lindy, if it's Chad, Will, I don't care who it is. If they've got to be on that altar all the way to heaven, then let them stay on that altar. Because at least there, I know they can make it from there. I know they can live from there. I know there's victory from there. I want to challenge the church today. Oh! Don't struggle with stillness. Let God speak. Let Him speak to you. We get so aggravated over lack of participation of what we think qualifies somebody for being busy. Listen to me. While you are participating, Christ will challenge your priorities. He will challenge your priorities. When Mary got still enough, when she got still enough, and she said, why don't you get on to her? Why don't you bid her to get back into that kitchen and help me while I serve? He said, you're careful. And some would say, oh, praise the Lord. Yes, I'm glad you noticed, Jesus. 
But then he said this, and you're troubled. What? You're careful about many things and you're troubled about a lot of things. He said, he said, as a result of that, he said this in the scripture. Let me read it again. He said, you're careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. We can make so many things the thing that we miss the main thing. We can do so much in the church. Well, we want a certain reputation in Beaumont. Well, we want a certain style presented when people come in. Well, we want this and we want that. And we can be so busy doing all the things to appearances and perceptions and all this other stuff. That we can do all of that and miss the thing. I know a lot of churches... They've got tremendous outreaches, but I've also sat in their services, and it was as dead as a cemetery. Come on. Now, they had a program for everything. They distributed their money or whatever all over the country and the world. That's wonderful. But there's a problem when all of those are the things, but we've missed the one. And Jesus said, and that will not be taken from her. That will not be taken from her. In other words, I'm not going to be the one to send her out of my presence. If you want to get her attention, Martha, you're on your own, but I'm not going to do it. Because in this we come to find is that in our aggravation, she got still enough, Martha got still enough, for Jesus challenged her priority. What is really important to you, Martha? What is really important to you? The last thing I want to mention, and I'm closing, is when you are still enough, you will understand His purpose. Martha centered her life and her purpose on her busyness. Mary was not as organized. Mary was not as focused. Mary was easily distracted by things. But Christ had her attention. And setting at his feet, her purpose was being revealed. I want to speak to some Marthas in this house. Because I want to tell you that sometimes I have Martha personality. And Martha characteristics. So busy, so busy, so busy. And then I reach a point, Brother Roger, where I say, what is the purpose in all of this? What's the purpose with all of this? But it's in those moments, Brother Bullock, that if I will listen and God will confront my priorities in those moments, that it's in the stillness, Brother Chad, is where I find purpose. Because I'm finally still enough for Him to speak to me. The Word of God reminds us that as at in this, uh, in this particular scripture of Second King, or First Kings chapter 19 and verse 9, the Bible says, speaking of Elijah, that he came thither unto a cave and he lodged there. 
Now, I, like other preachers, there's been times I've talked about Elijah. He was a little bipolar. He got a little depressed at times. This is one of those moments. He left the juniper tree. The angel of the Lord fed him twice. He went in the strength of that meat for 40 days and 40 nights, only to go into the cave. I, like other preachers, I've preached on that cave. Elijah, what are you doing in that cave? And boy, we've slobbered and spit and sweated about that cave. But as I was preparing this I thought to myself he needed that cave he needed that cave why because he needed a place to get still he needed a place for God to speak to him. He was a man running on fumes. He was a man remembered moments ago in the scripture he wanted God to end his life he wanted it to be over but listen to this he came into the cave and lodged there and behold The word of the Lord came to him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And listen to this. He said, I. Somebody say I. When you're so enamored with business, it's truly not about others. It becomes about you. I. I have been very jealous of the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel... Those bunch of Marys, they have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altar, slain thy prophets with the sword. Listen to this. And I, even I only, your business will isolate you. Martha isolated. I am in here serving. She is out here. Bid her to come in here with me. Martha, is this about serving these people? Or is it about your reputation and your perception? He said, I, even I, I'm the only one left. They seek my life to take it away. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. We know the story, the strong wind that rent the mountains and break in pieces the rock before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And it moved Elijah in such a way that Brother Roderick, he took that mantle and he wrapped himself, his his face with it. I sense his presence. His holiness. God wasn't in the other theatrics. He wasn't in the other noise. He wasn't in the other stuff. But this still small voice. He is here. You see the enemy wants you so enamored with the business. And so distracted by all the voices. And all the things that are going on. Because what happens Gloria. You get still enough. Things will change in your life. He got a revelation. He wrapped that mantle around his face. And he listened. And this time. And did you notice that God asked the same question Sister Haley the second time. You ever notice that? He asked him the first time, what are you doing here, Elijah? And then after all of that in the still small voice, and Elijah recognizes the Lord, then, Sister Cindy, he asked him again, what are you doing here? 
Could it be because the second time now the Lord has him still enough? You ever got that you've been, ever been talking to your kids? And while you're talking to your kids, while you're giving them instruction, they're doing this. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Hey, get back here. Make them repeat it to you. You know what I always tell Ashlyn? Give me your eyes. I want to look you in the eyes so I know you're connecting and that you're hearing what I'm, what I'm saying to you. God asked him, Brother Eddie, the same question the second time. What are you doing here? And so Elijah, he gives the same answer. But this time, you see, the first time in his answer, he was defensive. He was combative. I'm the only one. I'm the only righteous. Everybody else, I mean, they're just backslid, unspiritual. They're all going to hell. Bless God. Hallelujah. But when God got Elijah's attention and spoke to him, revealed himself to him, he said, number one, buddy, you ain't the only one. He said, there's 7,000 more just like you. 7,000 more just like you. And all of your business, you thought you was isolated. You thought you was the only one. You thought you was the only Martha. You thought you was the only one doing anything. He said, I've got 7,000. And they're in the crooks and the crevices of the earth. They're in the caves and in the homes. They're in the places. But they still love me. And they still serve me. And they have not bowed a knee to bell. I want to tell somebody, don't you let the devil destroy Receive you through business and make you think you're the only one. That's when you get frustrated and dejected and you want to walk away from the church. There's a house full just like you in the same battle, in the same struggle. Listen to what God's trying to say. I told you purpose, Brother Danny, if you'd come. Sister Haley, would you help? Here in this, he reveals a purpose to Elijah. Brother Jacob, how do you know it's purpose? Because here's the thing. He tells Elijah what's going to happen beyond Elijah. You want to know God's purpose? Sometimes we are so self-centered thinking God's purpose is only about us. But Brother Wilson, God's purpose is he will use us, but it goes beyond us. And I'm not going to go through all the names, but we know that he was going to go and anoint Elisha. And then you had Hazel and Jehu. These were all men who were going to go where the prophets of Baal escaped one sword, the other would show up and cut them down. And if they escaped another sword, the other would show up and cut them down. I want to let somebody know in this house, you ain't got to struggle with stillness. It is not a sign of weakness. It is not a sign that you're or lazy but there are many of us in this house we one more time need to find a place at the feet of the master let him confront you let him whisper your name let him reveal your purpose his purpose for your life let him remind you that you're not the only one brother marvin We're not in this alone, Brother James. Got to get still enough to look around. 
So many times in our business, our attitude is just eat my dust, everybody. Look at me. I'm number one. Woo, I'm going to cross the finish line first. I'm so busy. I'm so fast. I got so much going. That's a tactic of the enemy. Here, you may not like to hear this, but two are better than one. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. I need you, Tobin. I need you, Chris. I need you, Sister Cindy. I need you, Brother Wilson. That's why the Bible says the race is not to the swift, neither the battle to the strong. We're in this together. We got to make it. And in my business, I can look around and say, I'm out here by myself. I'm all alone. Nobody cares. Here I am trying to do all this stuff. God says, Look around. Look around, Gary. Look around, Carmen. Look around, Sister Tibbetts. Not alone. Not alone. Can we just lift our hands to heaven right now? I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Lord, get us still enough to hear your voice. Get us still enough to seek your presence. Come on, somebody. Right now. Right now in the stillness as we wait on Him. As we just take opportunity. Lord, won't you just sit right down. Right beside us. Won't you right now sit. Won't you right now put your hand on our hearts. Won't you right now, Holy Ghost, confront me. Confront me where I find myself. Why don't you challenge my priorities? Lord, why don't today you ask me where I am and what I'm doing. Lord, today, why don't you challenge me and all of the business I've overlooked times to get closer to you I've bypassed opportunities to sit at your feet I've missed opportunities to get into your presence and I'm running on fumes and I'm frustrated I'm frustrated I'm the only one working this hard I'm the only one serving this way no you're not child of God no you're not oh but let's reevaluate why we serve let's reevaluate our purpose let's get back in this presence Let's recapture the power that comes in tearing, in praying something all the way through. Let's recapture the fact that the Lord has a host with us. A people that are in the business and the business of actually serving Him and looking to Him. Oh, Oh, God, challenge us today challenge us today this morning with our eyes closed our heads bowed you know I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you I'm just going to ask you this morning I'm going to ask you are you struggling with stillness are you struggling with getting in the place well brother Jacob I'm concerned of what God might reveal when all the chaos simmers down when all the noise is turned off I'm, I'm, I'm concerned what he might say to me But I'm going to tell somebody in this house, you can't afford for him not to speak to you. You need a word from God. You need a word from God. You're going to have to slow down. You're going to have to hit the brakes a little bit. It's not about you looking too busy or too important or too many people depending. You're, going to, you're not going to be able to help anybody if you don't slow down. You don't slow down and just get at his feet. Just get at his feet. Let him speak. Let him deal.
Let him convict. Let him draw. Is there anybody in this house that says, I want to come and be at his feet this morning? If that's you, why don't you come? Why don't you come make your way to these altars? Somebody, is there anybody here say, Brother Jacob, I can identify with Martha's trouble. I can identify with Martha's busyness. I can identify with all the things that have her encumbered about. Oh, but Lord, I pray you challenge us today. Draw me near. Lord, draw me near. Would you soften my heart? Lord, the business has me thinking I'm the only one doing it. The business has me thinking nobody else cares. I'm frustrated with people. I'm bitter with some people. I've got some things, Lord. I've been so, I've been going nine to nothing. And Lord, here I am. I'm about to give it all up. I'm about to throw in the towel. I'm about to quit. But you're not asking me to quit in the service. You're asking me me to reevaluate my priorities you're asking me that am I am I overlooking the good thing oh I'm careful and troubled about many things but there's one thing I'm in need of there's one thing we're in need of this morning oh, oh come on church don't struggle with the stillness today Oh, don't be worried with the waiting. Oh, but would you allow him to touch your heart? Uh...